I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Justin Dixon. Justin grew up on a small farm in a very small town in central Pennsylvania. Uh, and after college was working in the recruiting industry. So you were there for 15 years and then left this stable job in 2020. So Justin, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate have, having you on. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to be here. I appreciate uh, you having me on. It's, it's, uh, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, awesome. So if you would, can you maybe elaborate, tell us your background, tell us your story and kind of how that got you into, into real estate? Yeah, yeah, no, and my, my journey is kind of you know, maybe a bit different or similar to, to some of the guests that you've had on, but kind of to start from the beginning, yeah, I grew up in a very small town in central Pennsylvania. Um, this was kind of safer later, but I'll, I'll share it now. But yeah, we, we were a small, small farm. We had some chickens and pigs and uh, a couple of sheep and, and all that stuff. So, you know, got to know animals and stuff when I was real young. Um, and then you know, went to college still in, in Pennsylvania. Um, and then kind of after college kind of fell into the recruiting industry. I really didn't know, you know, what I wanted to do. Uh, I graduated in 06. So the economy was still pretty decent, you know, right before everything fell out. And yeah, so fell into recruiting, worked for a big staffing company, was living in York, Pennsylvania. And if any of your listeners know York, Pennsylvania, it's not an awesome place to be necessarily if you're a single 22 year old. So um, worked, lived there for a couple of years and then made the transfer, um, to Philadelphia and always wanted to live and, and work in a big city. And so I got to move to, to Philly and, and stay with that company for a bit and, you know, kind of worked in an executive search firm, um, that kind of gave me access to a little bit more of the, the C-suite, you know, staffing a lot of controllers and a lot of high level finance people. Um, and then switched over to the corporate side, moved into, worked at a startup, was kind of their first recruiter and then worked for Comcast, which is the, the big behemoth in Philadelphia. That's where they're headquartered. Um, so I was able to work there for five years, um, did recruiting across the company um, from product and technology to human resources and, and a lot of other things, which was a lot of fun because I got to you know, really see the product that Comcast was putting out, you know, uh, for the listeners that don't know, they're a telecommunications and, and entertainment company. So, um, so that was fun. And then Wrapped up my MBA near the end of 2018 and was recruited out to be the head of recruiting for a uh, mid-sized wealth management firm uh, based in Philadelphia. And so that was kind of a, an opportunity for me to be the kind of head guy when it comes to recruiting and you know leading, uh, leading teams and, and all that fun stuff. And, and it was a very stable, very good job. Um, but two years prior in 2018, I read a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which really changed my mindset around what I'm doing with my money, uh, you know, where I'm spending my time, where I'm investing my money and, and all that fun stuff. And 
it was a little bit of a nervous um, kind of mindset shift for me because I was married and, and uh, I wanted my wife to, you know, be on board with investing in real estate and, you know, pulling some of our money potentially out of the stock market or, uh, or whatever. And, and so uh, it was a little bit of a nerve wracking thing. And I said, Hey, uh, Allison, I was like, you got to read this, like, because, um, and I didn't really give her any like preface or, or explanation. I was like, just, just read this and let me know what you think. And she's like, you know, what the heck are we doing uh, with our money? Like, why are we not investing in real estate? Why are we not you know, starting businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So that was a little bit of a weight off my shoulders because uh, she was uh, she was open to you know taking the plunge and going to something that we had no idea about. We we had bought a condo a few years prior in, in Philly, um, but that was our only real estate experience. And um, you know, growing up in a small town, my dad worked for the same manufacturing company for thirty plus years, and the only reason why I left was because the plant shut down. Um, and so, you know, I was always taught, um, you know, save your money, budget and invest in 401ks. Like that was the financial advisory advice that, that I got, which is what I did. I was a very, and still I'm a very budgeted person. I keep a spreadsheet of all of my expenditures and, and all this stuff. So, uh, I still kind of keep that. Um, so once we got this real estate bug in 2018, we just started consuming content, you know, as much as we could, you know, reading books, listening to podcasts, you know, I, I listened to the bigger pockets podcast, you know, every time it was released and, you know, really devoured a lot of the content that was, that was for free on, on that site. So for anybody that's kind of newer into real estate investing or wants to get into it, I highly recommend just going to biggerpockets.com. And, you know, I don't get any money from that, that plug, but just, just check it out. Um, and then, so then we were like, okay, well, how do we get involved? We're not, we were both working W-2 jobs, you know, we were earning okay money and we're like, we don't have, you know, thousands and thousands and millions of dollars to just invest. And so we were like, okay, let's start small, like most people do, right? And, and I was never a big proponent of starting with single family because I was like, okay, well, if, if you get a single family house and you rent it out. That's great, and that hopefully that person covers the the mortgage plus any expenses, and you make a couple bucks a month. But if that person leaves, then you're paying the mortgage, right? You're paying the whole thing, and that was like not my goal. I wanted to have my risk kind of spread out amongst you know a handful of, of tenants. So we focused really heavily on two to four units because we still wanted to be in the residential space um, from a mortgage perspective because I wasn't sure what it looked like to step up to that five units to hit that commercial mortgage because that was right. scary for me at that moment. So um, so we looked in Philly because I was always, you know, under the impression that you should always be able to drive to the property and go check on it and, and all that fun stuff. So we spent like probably six months looking in Philadelphia. We put a couple of offers in. We actually had one offer accepted of a three unit in just outside of the downtown in this kind of developing area. And we did the inspection and luckily we had a really good inspector and we walked out. First of all, one of the units, the tenants were hoarders, literally had boxes all along the walls and, and you had like a path that you could walk through to get to the, to the bathroom and to check out the, the heaters and all this other stuff. It was pretty crazy. Um, 
Uh, long story short on that one, we walked out of that apartment and the inspector's like, run away. Don't waste your money on this thing. It's going to be a money pit. So, yeah. you know, we spent like 600 bucks on the inspection and that was money well, well spent. Um, and so we really couldn't find what we were looking for in Philadelphia. And so, you know, Philadelphia is a very competitive market. It's um, there's a lot going on in Philadelphia, at least back in, in 2018 and early 2019. And then I just Googled, like, what are the best real estate investing markets? And the normal players came up, Texas, Florida, Georgia, you know, those normal ones came up. And, and I was like, well, that's too far. Like, I didn't want to, I was okay, maybe investing outside of the Philadelphia area, but I didn't want to be in Florida. And then Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania popped up. That was the only one that was kind of north of some of the southern states that kind of popped up. And my mom grew up in Pittsburgh. I was out there every, you know, for all the holidays and, and all that fun stuff because my grandparents yeah. still lived there at the time. And, um, and so I was like, well, I know Pittsburgh a little bit. So why not we take a look in Pittsburgh? And so we did. And I literally Googled real estate agents in Pittsburgh that work with investors. I talked to one person and I said, hey, here's who I am. I've never done this before. I'm looking for a two to four unit. And he's like, perfect. Um, I will go look at the places for you. I will video like me walking through the, the actual unit and send them to you. And then we'll make a decision on what we want to do. So he did that for like eight properties. And the ninth one, we put an offer in sight unseen. I never, never saw the property. It was a duplex. It was a twin. So side-by-side -side units, three, three bed, one bath, each, each side. And we bought it and the first time I saw it was during the inspection. And it um, the, the deal on that one was the mortgage was about $1,100 and each side rented out for a thousand bucks. So I was like, okay, I can make that math work. And we hired a property manager that was out in Pittsburgh and it is the best thing since sliced bread. I literally, the 15th of every month, I get a little paying in my my bank account that said I have money deposited. And yeah, we had some hiccups during COVID and we've had some bad tenants that we had to kick out. But, you know, literally I was, they handle all of it. They just, some of the stuff they just deal with without me. And I'm okay with that because they know what they're doing because they don't get paid unless they put a tenant in there that's paying rent. So it's their incentive to, to really do that. So, um, so yeah, we, we did that in 2019 and then kind of chased the shiny object for a bit. Um, we went after mobile home parks. We looked at, we wrote letters, like we would stay up at night and, you know, hand write letters to people because we would then send them to, you know, people that had two to four unit apartment complexes and, and all this stuff. And um, we looked at buying a house hack. Uh, we actually had an offer accepted on a house hack and then we backed out due to inspection again um and that was in philadelphia as well and then we kind of just kind of put a pause because we were like okay well we need to really narrow in on one thing because you can't be great at 10 different aspects of real estate or really anything right and so i kept coming back to this idea of like going bigger it was always cool when you heard guys that are like, oh yeah, I own a 300 unit apartment complex in Florida or whatever, yeah. right? And so I was like, I gotta, I gotta figure this syndication thing out. So I started kind of narrowing my focus down on 
how do I get into this, this type of asset class? What does a syndication actually do and, and how do you do it? And I came really quick, realized that it's way different analyzing a hundred plus unit apartment complex with, you know, mortgages and you're raising capital and you've got, you know, a prep return and all this stuff versus like a two unit, right? It's very easy to understand the math of a, of a two unit complex. So I realized really quickly, I needed to find people that were doing this already and learn from them. I kind of looked at it like, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to invest money and pay somebody that's made all of the stumble, you know, hit all the potholes, you know, over the years, and they can show me how to navigate the world of, of syndication. So um, right now we're in kind of late 2019 and I was working at this wealth management company and I was saving money and I'd always wanted to start my own business. I always wanted to kind of, you know, part of the whole, you know, rich dad, poor dad thing is, you know, invest in yourself, you know, spend time working for yourself. And, you know, you can, you know, typically you can do better than if you just kind of sit at a job for forever. Um, And so my wife and I were like, okay, 2019, the economy was still good. Everything, you know, people were still hiring and everything. So I was like, okay, January, 2020, I'm going to cut the cord. I'm going to quit my job. I was making six, over six figures at the time. And I'm like, I'm just going to quit. I'm going to focus on real estate and I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on recruiting. And that's what I did. So January 27th uh, of 2020 was the first day that I was officially uh, self-employed, an entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it. And I think January 31st, COVID was deemed a global pandemic. So <laughs> I almost timed it exactly okay. right. Um, yep. And so that was, so 2020 was a bit of a unique year. Um uh, you know, I questioned what the heck I did uh, on numerous times throughout the days and, you know, thought about quitting and thought about trying to find, you know, a corporate job again, because, you know, nobody was hiring in 2020. Um, everybody was kind of just not sure what was going on with, with COVID and everything. And so I took that time to really learn the syndication world. And I, I, I joined a, a syndication group that had, he was a mentor and coach and he had, you know, curriculum and, you know, really walked you through how to analyze these deals. He had his own analyzer, um, you know, which is a very sophisticated Excel document that I would never be able to recreate in a million years. Um, And I I probably analyzed over 200 multifamily deals across probably seven states that year. Um, I took a trip to, I drove from Philadelphia to the Carolinas um, for a few days and just drove around North Carolina and South Carolina, looking at deals, meeting with brokers, um, and just really trying to learn the ropes. Um, and, and we started our passive investing journey in the syndication world. We actually pulled some money out of a, an old 401k and, and trans, transitioned it into a self-directed IRA so we could passively invest in in a real estate deal because we wanted to really learn what it was all about from the investor side, right? Because if we're going to find a deal eventually and then raise capital on that deal or other people's deals, I need to feel comfortable talking to my potential investors about what it is and how do they get paid and what's the process and, and everything. Um, 
so we 2021 uh we did we passively invested or 2020 sorry we passively invested in one deal um 2022 or 2021 sorry we invested in five other deals we raised capital on two of those uh and the two that we raised capital on were in uh florida and one was in kansas city so you know last year recruiting was really good and so i made a, a decent amount of money in recruiting and so we took a lot of that cash and just pumped it into real estate. Um, and that's kind of where we are right now. We're, you know, early 2022, the recruiting market is still very busy. Um, the real estate market is crazy um, in, in certain areas. I live in Austin, Texas now. We moved here in November, uh, in October of 2020. And um, yeah, the Austin market is, uh, is a bit ridiculous, frankly. Um, yeah. 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 So, so that's kind of the story. I kind of rambled there for a bit. Yeah. No, that, that actually, I love it. That was a uh, really, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about in there because I think you just, you literally just in 18, 19 minutes just said, this is how you get started. <laughs> like, yeah. like these are the steps that anybody could take that, take almost all of those steps and like apply them. Like, you, you know, even, even the simple part of, well, I just Googled such and such, right. There, there's no excuse that there's that the information's not available. There's no excuse that you can't figure out how to get financially financially literate, financial freedom. There, there's no reason that anybody can't do it at this point. Like the information is out there, yeah. um, especially if you want to be a passive investor, then it's it's quite easy. But uh, you know, and and then you took the steps of of you know, kind of started with your your duplex. You realized that that wasn't probably easy to scale, you know, and then went towards syndication and, and got a mentor. Like, I mean, really all the things that, you know, people say, these are the, this is what you need to do. You kind of just wrapped it all up in a nutshell, which is, which is awesome. Um, so you're, we, and we can kind of break down any of those steps if you want to, but I'm, I'm curious yeah. about a couple of things specifically. One, um, I think, you know, handing Rich Dad, Poor Dad to your wife is a little bit of a bold move in the sense that, <laughs> right, it could also go the other way. Like she, totally. fortunately, she did what <laughs> you, she, she did what you wanted her to do in, in terms of her reaction to it. But, right. but yeah, it could, it could go the other way for sure. And, and I think that's, uh, that's something that probably a lot of people, married couples might struggle if, if one of the spouses is really fired up and knows, hey, this is the way to go. And and obviously you and I are biased and we believe that that it is the way to go, but it's like you, if your spouse or family members or whatever, they may not have had that same like epiphany that, yeah. <laughs> that oh, look at this, look at, look at what's available. So I do think that's um, really cool that you just started there. Like, hey, read this book. Uh, well, the good thing is she's a reader. So, you know, she reads a hundred times faster than I do. And, you know, we'll go on vacations and we'll be there for, you know, at a beach for a week and she'll read 10 books and I'll read one maybe, uh, you know, so I knew that, you know, it's not a very long read. Right. So I knew if I just said, Hey, like, I think you should read this. This could be interesting. You know, I, and essentially I said, I bartered with her. I said, Hey, you give me a book that you'd like me to read uh, and I'll read it. Um, and luckily she didn't take me up on that offer because she knew that it would like take me a year to read the book and it'd take her, 
a weekend to read Rich Dad Poor Dad. So, um, but no, you're right. I mean, it was it was a little bit like um, a leap of faith, a little bit to say, hey, I think you know, read this because I think this could really change the way that we think about uh, where we're spending our time. You know, obviously, I wanted to start a recruiting business. I really want to start a business, but it's kind of one of the things I kind of fell into recruiting. So I was like, well, I know how to do this. And so why don't I just start my own business? And the recruiting world is very easy to get into. The barrier to entry is really, really small. You just need really an LLC and a laptop, frankly, and you can be a recruiter, which is, you know, not good for me because there's a lot of crappy recruiters out there, but it's also good for me because there's a lot of crappy recruiters out there. So, um, but but yeah, I mean, just getting the the knowledge is is part of it, right? And you know, I fell into the, we fell into this. I'm a risk averse person by nature, and so is my wife. And so, um, I kind of wish one of us was a little bit more risk risky uh, in the sense of of you know, you know, there's a couple of deals that I I regret um, in Philadelphia that I could have bought uh, you know earlier, and it would have been a great deal, but it was just like oh, I don't know, you know, you, you kind of get an analysis paralysis mode. Um, and so I envy the people that just take massive action and they kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit, you know, calculated risks, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think having that support, whether she is working with you or just is okay with what you're doing, you know, obviously yeah. that's either, either one is working with you gives you some help, but really it's the support that, Hey, I believe in this as well. You, you got to be on the same page. I think it's extremely important because you really there are there is some risk to it. There's risk to leaving your your you know full time W two job. People argue that there's risk to staying at a full time W two job. So there there's risk on yeah. both sides, and it's just kind of figuring out what works for you. Um, but you you did the other thing I, I kind of wanted to to dive in on a little bit is you you talked about you know you started your own recruiting business. And I find that like everybody, whatever your background is, every person I've talked to on this podcast, we're, we're up over 70, like every person, their background, it may not seem like it's related to real estate, but then when you kind of dive into it, it always has provided some sort of skill set that is applicable to real estate. Now, yeah. my thought would be that as a recruiter, capital raising would be your strength but tell tell me you know kind of what what has how that has worked for you how, where you think it where you see it fitting into your um you know real estate role yeah it's it's kind of interesting because it it, it does dovetail kind of in a couple of ways one i'm you know taking down a hundred apartment unit apartment complex requires a team right and so it you know unless you're independently wealthy and you've done it for a long time um, it's very difficult to say, hi, I'm a new, uh, I'm a new person and I want to take down her unit. Cause a lot of times you won't be able to get the mortgage, right? Because they need to show track record and all this stuff. So, you know, part of being a recruiter is finding people that have a skill set that you're looking for and, you know, using that skill set to, to your advantage. And so, um, that's one of the things that really helped me to, was to say, okay, I know I learned how to underwrite. And that's been very helpful. Um, and I've also been able to find other people that are good at raising capital. So I've kind of, you build a little bit of a team that you can um, you know, really dive into and really kind of go after these, these bigger deals. So kind of the, 
the capital raising pieces is something I'm, I'm getting into now. And so, okay. you know, working with people that I've networked with for other things is, has definitely been a benefit for sure. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm an expert at capital raising by any means, but, you know, I'm starting to get there. And, you know, a lot of capital raising is just asking people, you know, what's their situation? What are their goals? Uh, have they ever really invested in, in real estate before? And then, you know, you know, what type of markets they're interested in, what type of deals they're interested in, what's their risk profile. You know, some people are super risk averse like myself and they want to find a deal that's conservatively underwritten and everything like that um, and, and then go from there. So yeah, it's it's kind of a, you know, the recruiting background has given me some some definite benefits for sure, um, you know, and hopefully they continue to pay off and, as we go forward. Yeah. Justin, I'm going to pause for just a second because your picture is frozen. So let's oh, see. Okay, perfect. We had a little bit of a technical glitch there, but hopefully we've solved that. Um, so yeah, we were talking about how you know your your recruiting skill set applies to to real estate. Now, yep. where where are you at? I know you said you did uh, the one deal in 2020 and then five deals in 2021. Are, so are you kind of strictly investing passively right now? Although you did say you raised capital for a couple of them. How, what's your I guess what's your portfolio look like at this point? Yeah, right now, my kind of focus is I still look for deals like I'm I live in Texas, uh, in Austin. And so Austin, I, we actually were investing final on a 95 unit deal last week that we lost out on. And the I, I learned what the uh, actual winning price was, and it was way outside of what I could get to and make sense. Plus, they put down a lot of uh, day one hard money, uh, non refundable. So um so I look in San Antonio um, and then I, I have a, so I'm part of this larger kind of syndication group. It's got about 120 people across the country in it. Um, and then within that group, I have a, a group of guys that we look at a few deals, uh, look at deals together in Texas. So two guys live in Houston, a couple of people live in Dallas. Um, and then I look a lot in San Antonio. So I'm actively going out and trying to find more, more deals. Cause I would, uh, you know, my goal is to be kind of the lead sponsor on some of these things down the road, um, and actually take one, you know, and find one and, and take it down. Um, but right now my focus, uh, outside of that is really capital raising, building that engine. Uh, we launched a new brand, uh, at the end of last year, great venture capital. That's our real estate investing arm. Um, and so that's one of my main areas of, of focus is trying to build up that investor pipeline, people that are, you know, entrepreneurs that, you know, don't know, you know, they've been heads down, they've been, you know, building a business and they want to, you know, build some passive income or, you know, like I was right. back in the day, you know, a W2 employee, just thinking about real estate and wasn't really sure how to get into it. And, you know, you, I, I know I'm kind of going a little bit off topic here, but that's, one of the things that's really interesting is a lot of people that are, you know, they were like me when I was, you know, in a W2 job, they had no idea about real estate investing, or yeah. if they did, they thought about, you know, investing in a single family house and renting a single family house out. Um, yeah. They didn't really think that they could get access to, you know, a hundred, 200, 300 unit apartment complexes. They thought that that was, you know, for accredited investors, which some of them are right. Some of the, uh, you know, you can only be accredited, but um but yeah, it's it's been interesting. And so right now our portfolio, 2021, we did five deals. Um, in 2021, I think the total units that we have right now under our kind of 
portfolio, if you will, passive and active is nine, over 950. Um, the ones that we've raised capital on that we're general partners on uh, is a little over 340. Um, so, and those are in two Great. states, Florida and, and Arkansas. So trying to get those numbers higher, trying to raise more money this year. Um, and, you know, so far it's been, you know, it's been interesting talking to people that know me as a recruiter because that's like been my persona for the first 15 years of my life and still partially is. And so when people see me pushing out like content or talking about real estate, because I talk about real estate way more than I talk about recruiting um, <laughs> because it's, it's new, it's interesting. It's, it's something that I, you know, I'm super passionate about because that's, that's the long game is real estate, like building up those passive income streams so that, you know, I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to work, you know, at some point. And, you know, we've got a, a formula that my wife and I kind of put together that is like, okay, in the next five years, we should have enough money to hit that kind of level one of financial freedom so that we can essentially cover all of our lifestyle or living expenses like housing, cars, cell phones, food, um, will be covered by passive, passive income. So, you know, it's baby steps and it's, you know, it's not like investing in Bitcoin five years ago where it just blows up in a day. You know, it, it yeah. takes it takes some discipline and some time, which you know can be a little bit frustrating for some for some investors for sure. But uh, yeah, real estate's a long game for me. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a uh, not a get rich quick scheme, but it is a get rich for sure. It's uh, it yeah. just it takes time. As long as you stick with it, you'll you'll get there. So um, yeah, I mean, really cool. So I, I guess let's switch gears a little bit right now and talk we'll we'll go through kind of the questions so that i like to ask each guest and yeah justin my the first one i ask every guest it's based on the name of the show but being know your why what what is your why what sort of drives you uh for towards you know bigger and bigger success yeah i think the really the biggest thing is just time owning my time right and, and my wife and i's time like we don't have kids we've got two cats so we've got two fur babies um but you know, we really want to be kind of the masters of our domain. We want to be able to do what we want, when we want, where we want. And, you know, it's, it's really drives me because you can, you know, when you think about real estate investing and because it's not a get rich quick scheme, um, it, it kind of frustrates people and it kind of makes them kind of start really good. And then they kind of just put it on the back burner. And so, you know, we've really said, okay, well, if we're going to do this, we need to invest X amount of dollars per year. And that will should accumulate and, and build up enough passive income that'll I'll kind of set us free, if you will. And having that goal and having that kind of direction is important because when we first started, it was like, oh, we'll just invest in real estate. But then it was like, well, what does that even mean? How, how much yeah. real estate do we need? And when we, we did the duplex, it was great. And I was like, oh, cool. We're going to make, you know, I don't, I don't remember what it was that, that we started out with. It's, it's increased because we pushed rents a little bit, but you know, it was like 400 bucks a month. And I was like, well, we can't retire off $400 a month. Right. right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think part of the why, you know, for us is owning our, our, our time, but also it's setting and seeing what the end result could be. Right. And so you know, there's a bunch of books out there that talk about, you know, vivid vision is, is one that we both read. And um, you know, I think it's a great book because it, it makes you sit down and think about, you know, a lot of times you think about what's the worst thing that can happen, but you sometimes need to think about what's the best thing that could happen because right. that, that could actually happen, right? So um, that was a long-winded answer, but, you know, owning, owning our time is really kind of our, our why and what kind of drives us to keep pushing and, and all that, so. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I totally agree, and I, I think that Vivid Vision is a, is a fantastic book. I like that one, too, um, and I want, this is a 
not part of the questions, but you, you touched on it and and before as well. And I did want to talk about that that concept of like we didn't know that this stuff was available. Lots of people don't know that it's available, and just I I think it's a part of our responsibility as real estate investors to actually try and kind of share that information. Because I you know you you said you know when you started you thought oh, we'll, we'll buy a house or buy a duplex or something like that. And it's like, I talk to friends of mine and, and they they know you as a recruiter. But most of my friends know me as a veterinarian. Like it's, it's they don't, they look at you funny when you start talking real estate initially because they're like, who, you, you're you a vet, you know, or you're a recruiter, right. whatever. They're like, that's not, that's not your thing. But it's kind of getting past that. Like, and then, and then you have to explain what syndication is because I mean, like I have friends that are, that are accredited, they could invest, but they're like, so you live in Los Angeles, are you just gonna be like the next flip or flop? And I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I have no intention of being on HGTV. Like that's not that's not at all what this is, but it, it's right. it's a true story. I mean, it's it's a really, the, the more people you talk to about it that aren't in the space, it's like the people in the space, everybody knows this is what you're talking, you know, it's kind of like yeah. everybody's talking about it. But outside of it, it's just not well known and and people I think are uh, unaware, maybe a little mistrusting and and so I think it it is on us to spread the message, I guess. So yeah, and one, one thing before we go on, one thing that was interesting that we learned kind of that was a little bit of a unknown kind of reaction or or kind of byproduct of kind of getting in, really drinking the kool-aid of, of real estate investing is we wanted to talk about it a lot. Uh, and we wanted to talk about it with our friends and family and yeah. they didn't know, you know, they were still in the W2 work 40 years, retire right. and, and all that stuff, which totally fine. Like I know a lot of people that do that and they're living their life and that's totally fine for them. Um, and so when we pivoted and like kind of made that mindset shift and we would go out to dinner with our friends, I would be talking about, you know, we wouldn't talk about our jobs. We'd talk about, oh, we went to Pittsburgh again to look at another property or, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, um, the Carolinas to look at a hundred unit apartment complex, or I put an offer in on a hundred unit, you know, thing. And it's just like their mind and their, their kind of eyes just kind of glaze over. Um, and so we were like, well, we need to find new people. Like, and, you know, obviously we, we love our friends, uh, and our, and our family, because even some of our family members just like, that's cool, you know, good luck kind of a thing. And it was more of a, you know, I'll see you later kind of a thing. But yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a byproduct that we weren't really expecting. Um, and luckily, I think that's also one of the benefits of living in the age that we do with, with social media and, you know, podcasts and things like that, yeah. you can find your tribe and find people that, you know, want to talk about real estate and, and, you know, they want to go grab a beer and, you know, just sit there and talk about, you know, the deals that you're looking at and the areas that you're looking at and, and all yeah. that. So, um, so yeah, that was just a, a funny anecdote I wanted to throw in there. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally true. It's totally true. It's like, you almost have to, I don't know, have two separate, two separate <laughs> yeah. communities yeah. of friends, right? Like, because yeah, you get that sort of glazed look and it's like, I don't, I don't want to force anything on anyone. And, no. and I feel, but I feel very passionate about it. And I'm, as I, I know you are. So it's, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a challenging transition to make, I think for sure. Um, Anyway, second question is: Tell us something about yourself that that maybe isn't common knowledge. That you know, maybe 
whether that's a special skill or a hobby or something, any, anything that comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, I kind of let the cat out of the bag earlier in the, the show when I talk about living on a small farm, when I tell people, you know, most people know me from Philadelphia. Like that's like, I, I don't really have, hang out with any of my high school friends because a lot of them stayed in, in my hometown. And, and that's, that's what the town was, right? You either, the very few people got out, uh, you know, so to speak. And, and I was one from an early age that I was like, I don't want to go to college and then come home. Cause I knew if I, once I moved out from college, I didn't go back to my house for more than like a week. Um, and because I knew if I did, you get sucked in and you stay there forever, right? And so hometown is great when I grew up, don't want to live there now. Um, but um, but anyway, my, my normally people don't know that I grew up on a farm and we weren't farmers. We weren't, uh, you know, we had a, it was small, uh, we called it a farm ed, it was 10 acres um, and it had seven of the acres were, were tillable land, you know, so we actually rented it out to a couple of the local farmers. So they would plant corn or, you know, soybeans or whatever the case is, but, you know, I had a, a, a very unique childhood to most of the people that I meet now because they lived, they grew up in suburban areas of the country. And, and a lot of people in Austin are transplants and so not a lot of people that I meet, at least at this point, grew up here. Um, so it's always funny to kind of talk about, you know, I grew up on a farm and people are like, oh, well, you know, what was that like? And, you know, I, you get up in the morning and you go get fresh eggs and, and all that fun stuff. And, you know, You'd have pigs for a while, and then somehow you'd have a freezer full of bacon, and you just you didn't as a kid you didn't know how that <laughs> didn't go <got> there. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so that that's it. again. I didn't enjoy it enough when I was a kid, and now it's like, oh man, I would love to kind of have the space, uh, you know, because right. you know I live in an apartment complex now, and it's just like you're just people are all over the place. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. so that's yeah typically uh, yeah. what I the, what I share. I well, yeah, I lived, I grew up in a small town as well, and. And then we'd have a farm, but grew up in a small town and then kind of realized I always thought I was afraid of the city. And then I moved to the city and now I never want out of the city. Like I, I love being in big cities because you have, it's just like so much opportunity and, and, and things to do and stuff. And so it, then it becomes tricky. Like, well, okay, if I want space and I would like, yeah, I love, I love fresh eggs. I would love to have a few chickens just for that reason alone. Like, I think my kids would love them. Like, I think it would be great, but I can't, you know, it, it's hard to do when you're. <laughs> you, you, you can't put them on your balcony in, uh, in your apartment or. or right, right. Your, yeah, it's, it's a backyard. challenge. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big challenge, but uh, no, that's super cool. I, I, I like that, you know, like sort of small farm feel. I think that, that can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, next question for you is what, uh, what's the best way for people to reach you when they hear this and they want to reach out? How, how would you like them to connect? Yeah, I mean, I'm always on LinkedIn. So find me on LinkedIn, shoot me a note. Um, you know, uh, we also have our website, greatventurecapital.com. Um, you can get to me there. Um, you can probably put my email in the show notes. Um, it's just justin at greatventurecapital.com. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm on LinkedIn all day with recruiting. And, and also, you know, LinkedIn is a great resource to network with other potential investors and other multifamily people. So um, yeah, um, shoot me a note on LinkedIn. That's, that's not a bad place to get me either. Okay, great. Yeah. We'll have that in the, in the, uh, show notes. Um, last question for you is, and I think you've actually talked a bit about this, but maybe you have another, you know, sort of pearl of wisdom, but what would you, what advice would you give to people that are kind of just starting out maybe a year behind you in their journey and, and they want to kind of get to where you're at? What, what would you tell them? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I said it a little bit earlier, but you know, it, it's it's kind of just the start kind of model is just you know really you know, and I again, I I chased the shiny object, and I wish I would have narrowed in. And you know, somebody told me because I was when I first started looking at deals, I was looking anywhere. I took a shotgun approach and just looked at any deal that came across my plate. And you know, it 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 kind of is somewhat counterintuitive to some people to say, nope, you need to become an expert in one area. And so I really wish I would have gone back and started and said, okay, these are the three markets that I'm going to focus on or two markets. And I'm going to visit them. I'm going to meet brokers because you have to get in, in the broker spaces, you know, zooming phone calls and emails. You don't get access to the, the good stuff uh, a lot of the times. Um, so I really wish, you know, for anybody that, that's listening that's newer, find a couple markets, especially if you're doing multifamily or even single family, I guess it would work. Um, narrow down uh, to, your, to where you really want to be focused on a couple markets, go visit, you know, see the areas because all markets are pockets, right? So there might be a, a street or intersection that's great. And then you go across the street and it's, it's yep. a war zone. So, um, and the other piece of advice that I really wish we would have done earlier in our lives is house hacking. I really wish we would have bought like a three or four unit, lived in one of them, and then rented the other ones out, or even had a house that had multiple bedrooms and just had roommates, uh, you know, have them pay your mortgage. Cause you know, I, I lived in a house with a buddy who owned it and, you know, he didn't know what he was doing other than he didn't know he was house hacking or whatever. He just knew he was like, I want to buy a house and do this. And uh, yeah, I would say if you have some money or, or maybe you have a little bit of money, you want to really get started house hack. That would be the way that I would, I would go, go back if I go back if I could. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's a great, it's really is a great way. I mean, I, I did it. I didn't know I was house hacking, but I was yeah. like, I wanted to own a house. I didn't really have the ability to afford the mortgage entirely on my own. And it was like, well, I'll get some friends to live with me. So it's kind yeah. of like, uh, I, I think sort of out of necessity, but, but now it has a, a term and people use yeah, it. Right. It's, it is a very easy way to get started. You can have, you know, a small down payment if you do, like the FHA loan, it's only three and a half percent. So, I mean, you really can get in there for very little money out of pocket. And then if you've got uh, friends, tenants, whatever, you know, covering that mortgage, it really is a, is a great piece to kind of start and, and take your money and then start to, you know, put it into whatever the next endeavor is. So it makes yeah. total sense. Yeah, no, for sure. Awesome. Well, Justin, this was great. Uh, I, I really do think, especially sort of beginning <laughs> your story in the beginning really is a good yeah. picture for people of look this is a really good path to take in getting started so awesome thank you for coming on and sharing your story yeah i, I really appreciate your time yeah no it was great to do it I'm, I'm happy to do it if anybody has any questions don't hesitate to reach out and uh yeah this was fun i appreciate it awesome all right well, we'll sign off have a great day everyone i'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey without a strong why it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.